Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share with you my friends' God stories. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Let's jump in. Well, welcome to the podcast. I have invited my friend Belinda Letchford to come on the show to share with us about parenting today. So welcome, Belinda. Oh, thank you very much. It's so nice to talk to you. For us, it's face-to-face, but um, it's really nice to be able to have a conversation across the world, basically. Yes, because so tell everybody, it, right now it's about one forty-five. My time, my time one day. And what is your time? My time is the next day. So the next day is going to be a good day for you. Um, it is 3.30 in the morning the next day. So in Australia. In Australia. And so this is this leads into my next thing. We connected on Instagram because of a mutual friend, Ruthie Gray. We were in an Instagram mastermind together and you are just delightful and have so much wisdom. And you're we connected because our husbands are both pilots. But your husband does something a little his job is a little different than my husband's job, but it's super interesting. So tell us what he does. So my husband, Peter, he is a vet and he flies a small plane, a four-seater plane, from cattle station to cattle station, servicing the cattle industry. So we live in the far north of Western Australia, which is a very remote area of Australia. And the cattle, there's a few industries up here, but cattle stations is one of the big ones. And the cattle stations are very big with, you know, thousands of thousands of cattle and takes hours, you know, it could take maybe two to three hours to drive. Um, So he flies and um, that's been his job for the last 27 years or so, 26 years. That is amazing. When I found that out, I was like, Oh, I, I was watching your Insta stories and saw a plane nearby and I was like, oh, I got to talk to her about that. But yeah, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. But y'all do live on, you know, some land in Australia. And so I love how that's what his job was. And your job was uh, to homeschool your kids. And you did that. And I love that you have this as part of your story, Belinda, where you um, you were started to blog about homeschooling. And you realized instead of just blogging as homeschooling, you realized how much that was a tool, that it was a tool, but it was more of where you became a heart focused parent. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So I, like you said, I initially started blogging because of homeschooling and I was going through a learning process of changing my homeschooling from just looking like a classroom, like doing school at home, to where we were more focused on the child's needs and it was more an individual process. And so 
if, you know, to be honest, one of my kids would have done well sitting at a desk all day like school, um, but my other kids didn't. And as I started to discover the opportunities to do homeschooling differently, it became more about the whole child. I then started to realise that, hey, parenting is actually the key and homeschooling is just one of the tools. And one of the things my mum said to me, my mum has been my um, sounding board and in that my like mentor and I'm very blessed to have her to talk about things with. And one of the things she said is that, Belinda, your, the strength of your homeschooling is in the strength of your parenting. And so it just that just really consolidated that it, it didn't matter how great we were at homeschooling. We could do all the things. But if our parenting foundation wasn't working, then our homeschooling would have cracks in it because parenting is the foundation, I guess. And then homeschooling is, like you say, just one yeah. of the tools. Yeah. Wow. Well, I love that, that it's a heart focus. And I think that's as parents, as a mom, that's what I want. I want to be heart focused. And when I'm, you know, teaching my son, you know, how to, I don't even know, you know, ride a bike or something. It's the whole child. It's not just, you know, that. And, you know, when I'm teaching them, when I'm reading from the Bible, I want I want the whole child, you know, and I, I think we have a tendency. I know I do is compartmentalize things. It's like, okay, now it's going to be school time or, you know, homework time, or now we're going to have fun. This is going to be fun time. <laughs> and then this is going to be Bible time. From my perspective, I think you do this so well if the wholehearted child that it's all of it, it's integrated throughout. And you wrote a few blog posts about this and Instagram posts about, you know, dealing with attitudes. And uh, I mean, you know, our kids never have attitudes, right? No, <laughs> it was a silly thing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just how we can deal with the first signs hmm. of an attitude and really nip it in the bud. So can you unpack that a little bit and give us some practical things that we can do when we see our kids' attitudes start flaring up? Sure. So I think the post that you're referring to was, the idea that the early bird catches the worm. And when we step in on the first sign of an attitude, that is like us being the early bird with catching the worm. Um, and that's because when we jump in and deal with that first sign of attitude, we like to use another analogy, we nip it in the bud. And when our children do something wrong for a extended period of time it establishes an appetite and a joy for that thing in their heart and it's like that wrong belief takes root in their heart and so then if we can deal with it we're replacing that wrong thought that and and you know an attitude is is basically a a wrong belief, morally wrong belief that's taking root in their heart and initially it's expressed internally, that's an attitude, and then it's expressed externally, which is a behaviour that we see. So often we can just wait until we see the behaviour 
but there's been a negative heart work going on. They're believing something to be true for longer than that behaviour. That's just the outworking of it. So if we can start to see when their attitude stinks, when their attitude is like rolling the eyes or um, mumbling under their breath or just resistance of some sort, when we can deal with that, we're actually going straight to the beginning of their choices. So what's in their heart, when they believe something, what's in their heart is what they believe and they'll start thinking about it, mulling on it and believing it. And that starts to process and it comes out in their attitude. Their internal processing is grumpy or negative, resistant, and then that takes root and then it comes stronger in their belief system and then it spurts out as a behaviour. So if we can step in when it's just starting to formulate, then we have an easier job because it hasn't taken root yeah, that is that's great. So as we step in, do you do we just I mean, when we step in, do we just like pretty much call them out and say yeah. that's not right? Here's scripture, this is what's right. Yeah, and that depends on on your journey with that particular child, how old the child is, what the attitude is, how, what conversations you've had about that. Sometimes we see something in our child starting to form and it's it has to be just a trigger to us that we need to start teaching about that thing. Other times we can see it, we know we have taught about that and so we can correct it. I, I, I hold to the thing that we need to teach something to our children before we can correct it in them and because it's our responsibility to teach our children God's word, moral truths and how to act and live those out. So if we haven't done that, then... It's their attitude is a trigger. Well, now's the time we're going to have to start talking about that. Like you say, riding a bike. Well, now's the time we have to start talking about perseverance or maybe we have to start talking about orderliness by putting the bike away. Now we have to start talking about listening to instruction because he thinks he can do it by himself without listening to me. He can have a bad attitude. Um, sorry, I don't mean to pick on your son. Any child could have a bad attitude. And so when we see that, we need to stop and think, okay, what's going on in their heart? Are they being proud and don't want to listen to instruction? Are they being impatient and just want to get it done? Or what's, what's at the bottom of their attitude? We need to ask that question. Then we need to say, okay, have I taught about patience? Have I taught about respect and learning from people and humility. So if we have, then yes, we call them on it. And I think my favourite way of doing that is just getting them to hit the pause button and say, we need to stop now and you need to have some heart time. You need to think about what's going on in your heart at the moment. For me, I would you know, generally send my kids away to think about what was going on in their heart on the assumption that they knew and they would be expected to say, I wasn't listening to you, Mum, I'm sorry. I'm ready to listen to you now. And they'd go through that process of coming to that place where they could correct what was going on in their heart. 
Now, of course, if you haven't taught that and it's something new, then it's a time to be gentle when you're in the moment and then about triggering your parenting mind that you have to sit down with them at some stage outside of this heated moment and um, talk about that. And in that moment, you need to be able to redirect their attitude um, by saying, let's take a pause. You're not listening to me. So are you ready to listen to me? And they could make a quick adjustment to their behavior, but you're not actually touching the heart because you're not giving them any information. I love that. I love how practical it is. Yeah. So one of the big things that changed parenting for me was understanding what the heart is. And because people talk about all the time um, to be you know, heart focused or the phrase that was going around when Peter and I starting our parenting was we had to capture our children's heart. And we go, well, that sounds great. It sounds like a really good thing for parents to do, but what does it actually mean? And we didn't know. We couldn't articulate. We could say the phrase. We could even agree with the phrase, but we couldn't actually articulate what the phrase meant. And so as I studied and I, I dug into the word heart in the Bible and realised that the heart is what we believe, it's what we value, it's where we process our emotions and our will. So to teach our children's heart is teaching their beliefs, their values about their emotions and how that all affects their will. And then that comes straight back to that question that you asked about the attitude. If they have a bad attitude because they have a false belief in their heart, so they might be believing that they are all-knowing, all self-contained, and we know the Bible says that's not the way we are and so that's a false belief about who they are as a person and so it's our job as a parent to speak into that and so that happens as we instruct our children and as we correct them and then as we encourage them. Well, and I love how you said the word instruct because that shows action. Mm -hmm. It's not where I just heard this yesterday or maybe today where somebody was saying, you know, if you don't do anything, you know, your kids are not just going to grasp, you know, God's word from you. They are sponges, but they're not just going to through osmosis yeah. get it to them. You know, they're not going to know God's word. They're not going to know. We have to show action. We have to instruct them. We have to tell them. Um, and so I love that you said those, that word instruct. Yeah, it's really important. I have a, a four-step process for anything that we want to instruct our kids on. And that is that we, first of all, we need to show it. Like, so we need to be the example, the model. So we need to model it. Then we need to teach them. So teaching is about breaking it down. It's the instructing. It's breaking it down helping them understand it, giving them the reasons why. Sometimes those reasons are spiritual, sometimes they're moral, sometimes they're practical. And then we need to practice it with them. So that's when we walk beside them, helping them to do the right thing. We might scaffold them, we might stake them, walk alongside them. And then the last one is expect. 
and we can only expect them to do it on their own when we've done those other three steps. And that process is Mm. applicable to anything, whether you are teaching them to ride their bike, memorise scripture or do their math and anything that we want to teach our kids. Those those four steps are the way to do it. That's great. Well, and I want to go to an, another blog post in a minute that you had, but your blog is at Living Life With Your Kids. So can you tell me what did the, what does that phrase mean to you? Sure. The address is livelifewithyourkids.com and the phrase Live Life With Your Kids kind of came out of a desire to disciple my kids. So one of the, the parenting verses that Peter and I held on to when our kids were young, when we were starting parenting, is the Great Commission. So we don't, you know, separate our parenting outside of our calling as a Christian to follow that uh, Great Commission. So, you know, we are, we are told to uh, go out and make disciples. And Jesus, when he had his 12 disciples, he lived everyday life with his disciples. Now, I don't know if he lived in the same house, but he lived everyday life with them. And he used everyday life circumstances and contexts to touch those men's lives, to touch their heart, to teach them. And so that's what I wanted to do as a mum. I wanted to use my everyday life with my kids beside me to teach them everything that I wanted to teach them. And so then when I was looking for a um, name for my for my blog, I wanted something to reflect the word, the, to reflect the idea of discipling. But I didn't want to use the word discipling because often that has connotations, like we have understandings of what that word means. And I wanted to be able to unpack that, find practical ways to do that. Yeah, that was just not religiously using the word disciple, I guess. So that's where I came up with the word, live the phrase, live life with your kids. And it just completely reflects my desire for my family and now my desire to help other families as well. To walk alongside of your kids every day, using everyday life to teach um, faith and character and practical life skills. Mm. Well, I think the name of your blog is so refreshing and it's very clear. Like we know exactly what that is. And I love that it's modeled after Jesus and how he lived life with his disciples. I love that. So can you explain one more blog post? And then I'm going to ask you about some resources that you may have for us. And can you explain, there was another Instagram post that was explaining your stop, drop and roll. When a parent has a child that just pushes our buttons. And usually I've heard that if you have a child that pushes your buttons, they're probably most like you. (laughs) So I want to know what what you say about uh, what to do with the stop, drop and roll. Sure. So stop, drop and roll is kind of like a little uh, motto that we are taught fire drill in schools. I don't know if that is a phrase that, you have heard in regards to fire drill. Yes. 
And so I was, you know, it was one of those just thoughts that came to my mind that that's exactly what we need to do as a parent. When we are in the moment, we need to just stop before we say anything. And that is probably the hardest thing to do because when our kid pushes our button or does something that just takes us by surprise that, you know, it all comes out our mouth, but we have to learn to stop and drop. Drop is getting on our knees and praying. Now, we probably don't need to physically get on our knees and pray. Though, to be honest, there's been a few situations with my children that that is what I did have to do. I'm talking totally literally just in front of my kids, dropped on my knees and sought the Lord because I was at my wit's end and they needed to see that that was a burden to me. Their behaviour was a burden to me and and a spiritual burden because obviously we don't want to put a judgmental burden on our children. But But normally it's just stop because I want to guard what I say, drop because I want to pray, and then roll means carry on the action. And so when when our kids do push our button, to learn that response will give us time to calm down that emotional reaction and actually then parent in a way that's God-honouring and heart touches our children's hearts. So stop to pause, get on our knees and pray, and then roll with it, roll with whatever God tells us to do. It's so good. It's so visual for me. And I'm such a visual person. And I think it's so great. I don't think there's rarely a time where I actually stop and do that in front of my son if it is just getting to the, you know, total frustration. So that is such a good visual for me that and you said that they need to see that modeled or they need to see that, you know, I love that. Yeah. Okay, so tell me some of the resources that you have. I know we talked a little bit about being intentional and really encouraging character traits. You can maybe go into that and then tell us about your resources that we can go grab and uh, the mentoring that you do. Sure. So character is a big, big um, part of my thinking. Peter and I came across this resource called Character First when our kids were quite little. and it. It was just one of those moments where Pete and I looked at this resource and we kind of didn't even speak. We were just like, wow, look at this. And we both knew that um, this was something very, very significant. Because what this resource did, and these days there's lots of resources that helps you break down what character is. and. We talk about the heart and the heart needs information. It needs the beliefs and the values to be explained. And we can't just tell our child to be obedient. To be honest, parents often do. and But the child doesn't really know what that means. And we tell our child to be kind. What does that mean? In fact, probably kindness is one that we unpack more than anything else to our children. But we expect our kids to be obedient. We expect them to be honest and truthful. We expect them to be respectful. What does that really mean? 
And so when I found this character resource, it helped me break down what those words that culturally we just kind of understand, but once again, we probably can't clearly articulate what we mean and what that actually looks like in a child's life. And if we can't articulate that, it leaves our parenting up to reacting out of our emotions because I've told you to be obedient, will you please be obedient, be obedient, that's it, I'm fed up, you're not obedient. And, and we snap at that moment rather than saying, I asked you to do something, you didn't do what I said straight away, you have a bad attitude about it, that's disobedience. I'm going to deal with that. And so when we know what, um, whether you call it a character trait or a moral value, actually looks like, it gives us something to work with and it gives our child something to work with. And so when I found this character resource, it just, um, it was probably one of the biggest influences in our parenting. I'm not saying the Bible's not the foundation, but that was just there. And so putting descriptions to character traits is what gave us the understanding of how to talk about moral values to our children. Yeah, when you read my blog and, and um, listen to me, those things just kind of come out of me now in that that is so much at the core of being a heart-focused parent. So I am working on a, a character workshop for parents. So that workshop is coming, but it's not there just yet. But what I do have for, for parents is a blog. I've been blogging for probably up close to 20 years. So over that time, it, the blog moved from just my reflections as I was learning to change things in myself to more, a um, bit more clarity in the article so that people can actually learn about heart-focused parenting and character training. But I do have some freebies that I'd like to mention to you. And the first one is my email. I know emails is one of these things that people often forget to open and so forth, but my email is simply delivering to the readers a heart-focused encouragement most weeks. I just write a note and it's just like me writing an email to my friends and to encourage them to stay intentional and relational and heart-focused. So that's my first one. And then I have a devotional response kit to help you help your kids to get into the word um, and to teach them how to have their personal devotional time. At the moment on my website, there's also a short email course for homeschoolers. So to help you be a heart-focused homeschooler. I'm updating free parenting resources all the time. Um, but they're the ones, oh, sorry, there's one other, a vision statement kit. So if you would like to have just a clear statement of the values that are really important to your family, then my kit helps you walk through that. So for Peter and I, we have four values that we want to define or describe our life and our family life and 
They were wisdom, order, creativity, and peace. And so when we look at our life and um, we just want to make sure, it's just like a little check that we're doing things that are consistent with who we want to be. Well, and that's great because if this is the first of the year and this is going to be coming out in February. So what an excellent time to set that mission statement, that vision statement. I love that. Your resources are great. Your email is great. Your Instagram. Tell us where we can find you there. Sure. On Instagram, it's Instagram.com slash Belinda Letchford is my handle. So you can find me there. Yeah, you have great stuff and great practical wisdom. The last thing that I do with my guests is I ask them what they're eating, reading, and loving. So what are you eating, reading, and loving? Eating. Well, I've just come out of two weeks of isolation. So we have been eating cheese and crackers. And reading, I am reading The Road Back to You on the Enneagram and loving at the moment i'm loving having my three kids three of my four kids at home so we had a family wedding in queensland and we came back and we had to isolate for two weeks and the other three of my adult kids so i have four kids the other three kids came home with us to have a little holiday So we have had a little very close holiday with them in the house. And so it's just been great having them back home and together. We've been playing lots of board games, watching movies, doing all the isolation things. I have enjoyed, I know being in isolation is not fun, but I have enjoyed seeing all y'all together. I saw a picture of y'all with your mask on that y'all went to go get tested to make sure y'all were clear to be out of isolation. And I just, I just love seeing y'all together, but I know it wasn't a great thing, but boy, y'all made lemonade out of lemons for sure. That is it. That's right. It's been really nice. And look, We were very thankful that we were able to be together and, you know, in isolation it's not easy, but we were able to be together. We were able to be in our home. We were on a farm so we could walk. So all of those things were um, the positive side of things. Thank you so much, Belinda, for coming on the podcast today. This is amazing. I love following you. I love gleaning from you from raising your four kids with your husband. And uh, so I just appreciate you giving me time in the wee early hours of the morning over there. Uh, You're very welcome. It's been great to talk with you. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Friends of a Feather podcast today. I pray you were encouraged. And if you were, I want to connect you with our Friends of a Feather community. So something new I'm starting in 2021 is every month I will be hosting a Friday Zoom meetup for all Friends of a Feather podcast listeners to connect and talk about the episodes from the month. I'm really excited and I would love for you to join in. You can go to my website at renrobbins.com. And on the homepage there, you can find out all the information. It's a free group, but it's a really great way for us to all share about the episodes, share some takeaways, and have community together. So I will see you in that Zoom room the last Friday of every month. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.